Merry Christmas. If you were with us last weekend, happy Christmas. If you were here, you knew, uh, you know what that's about. Uh, welcoming Amped Blend, Roan County, good morning. Down in Bearden, good morning. And as we continue today, uh, here's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about joy still because the Psalms are all about it. We've been talking about it for a month. And uh, when it comes to joy, some of us find joy at our child's expense. I'm fully convinced that in about 10 years, there'll be a group of adults that'll be founding uh, support groups based on the fact that they were a victim of their parents uh, as a child. They were a victim of their parents wanting to make a viral video for TikTok, Instagram, whatever it may be, that, that they set their child up. It's those uh, videos out there where mom and dad try to convince uh, Johnny that they stole all his Halloween candy. If we could just get that on TikTok, it'll get a bazillion views as we tell him, no, uh, mama, uh, you didn't eat all my candy. Yeah, Johnny, I ate all your candy. It's all gone. No, mama, you didn't eat all my candy. I really ate all your candy. Ah! In the total meltdown, we're like, yes. Because there's nothing like watching a child cry on a video at the child's expense. Let's make a viral video. And the ones that I'm really enjoying right now are our Grinch videos. In fact, in our sermon meeting uh, a week ago, we were talking about this, and I'm like, I want to show a video. There's a really great one where Grandpa dresses up as Grinch, and he steals the Christmas tree. It's amazing. And the kids are crying. It's total mayhem. And they're like, you can't show that. Kids crying on Christmas. People won't be encouraged by kids crying on Christmas. Like, surely we can show that video. They're like, no, you can't. But the video's got me thinking. What robs our joy? What is it in life that robs our joy? (laughs) Kids, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. When... Mom and dad break out the camera and they start videoing you and they start telling you that they stole all your candy or they stole Christmas from you. They're lying. Okay. (laughs) They're lying. They just want a viral video. The bottom line is, here's the thing. In, In life, there's all kinds of Grinches. There's all kinds of things in our life that rob joy. Whether it's circumstances or people, whether it's uh, 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 just the brokenness of life and tragedy, or whether or not it's that person that's totally annoying in my life. And an illustration that I often use, like we like to talk about real life stuff here. And in real life, you have employees that rob your joy. And in real life, some of you have bosses that rob your joy. But I need to clarify something, okay? Because some of you go to my boss after I talk about my boss, and you're like, wow, you must be a really mean boss. And so whenever you use that illustration of your boss stealing your joy, I'm not talking about my boss, all right, just to be clear. And if I ever do talk about my boss, it's probably um, Kelly, not Mark, if you know what I'm talking about, all right? I know how my world works. So, so as we head into this Christmas, here's the thing. If you're a follower of Jesus, Christmas songs, and this whole month we've been talking about psalms that point to Jesus. Christmas songs, it, it's, uh, in this series, it means psalms that point to Jesus. Christmas songs point to celebrating the joy-filled life with Jesus this whole month. 
has all been about living the blessed life. In Psalm 1, the very first psalm begins with talking about the blessed life. The person who experiences the blessed life is the person who thinks continuously on God's story. And then the rest of the Psalms take us on a journey that culminate in praise. The Psalms are constructed in such a way to take us on that kind of journey. And in the middle of it, there's a lot of struggle with God, a lot of lament. But it begins with the the joy-filled life and ends with songs of praise. You see, circumstances steal joy. Bad attitudes steal joy. Grumpy and grinchy people steal joy. But actively celebrating Jesus in our lives restores joy. Actively celebrating Jesus' presence in our life, right? That, That when we celebrate that in an intentional kind of way, it restores joy. And many of us, we can point to the other people in our world that that steal joy, but we don't often look in the mirror and say, where am I a joy robber? Whose joy am I robbing? I can point to the joy that you're stealing. But who, in in what way in my world am I stealing joy from others? And so uh, we're going to take a look at Psalm 16. Not a common Christmas song, but every one of the psalms in this series are a psalm that a New Testament writer, somewhere in the New Testament, that there's a person who who is either proclaiming a message or writing a message about Jesus that that connects that psalm to Jesus. And in this case, it's true of Psalm 16. So here we go. In Psalm 16, a mictum of David. Mictum. I love that word. Uh, You may say, what does that word mean? The bottom line is they leave it untranslated. Nobody knows for sure what mictum means, but I personally think it would make a great name. I think if I was 30 and I had a chance to have a boy, I never had that chance, uh, but if I could go back in time and have a boy at the age of 30, his name would be mictum. There you go, suggestion. Anybody pregnant out there? Mictum, great name for a boy. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord, I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand our pleasures forevermore. This is a song written by King David, and David sees the presence of God as the reward. He sees the active presence of God in his life as the reward. 
David's worldview. This is, this is from his writing. This is how we can see that he saw the world. He, that, that he saw the covenant God of Israel. It's there, the first Lord in the all caps Lord. We talk often to rivers that this is the covenant name of God, Yahweh. That he saw that Yahweh made the world. And to gain a relationship with Yahweh was the purpose of life. It's to gain a relationship with the one who, can, who has made everything, the one who controls everything. He's the one who invented every pleasure. He's the one who ensures safety. He's the one who's defined right and wrong. And he's the rewarder of those who seek him. The active presence of Yahweh in his life was what he longed for. He saw that anyone seeking pleasure, joy, satisfaction, or happiness should seek Yahweh. That that's where it's going to be found. Now, as we jump in, um, I want to talk about this concept of happiness, joy, blessedness. And we've talked about throughout this series, we've used these words interchangeably. And uh, I want to begin by asking you, how many of you have heard that there's a difference between happiness and joy? Play along. And all our venues. Yeah, a lot of us have heard that. I've taught that. And you know what? I was wrong when I taught that. Not in the Bible. In English, there may be a difference. If if you define happiness as circumstantial and joy as something enduring, that's just an English definition. In In the Bible, there's not a difference. There's not a difference between blessedness. It means happy. When it says blessed is the person, it's happy is the person. Joy filled is the person. They're all interchangeable. They're not different concepts and none of them are based on circumstances. None of them are based on circumstances. So if you're basing happiness, joy, or blessedness on circumstances, then you are surely to be disappointed. It is going to happen. All right? If that's what you're basing happiness on, if it's what you're basing the fact that you feel blessed on the fact that everything's going great in your world and you're on vacation at Disney World, hashtag blessed, right? Like, woo, this is great. I'm so blessed. If that's the definition you're going to be disappointed because the vacation ends and sometimes they end badly. That, that has to be something that is more enduring. So Christmas at its core is a celebration of the birth of the king and the return of a king. It's important that we hold these two things in tension. It's not just about the birth of a king. It's about the birth of the king and the return of the king. Historically, Christmas is celebrated not just at the first advent or the first appearing. It's also celebrating the second appearing. That's what that word advent means, the appearing. So that Jesus appears first as a baby, born a, a very humble king, and is going to return someday as a very powerful king, that that is really what we're celebrating in Christmas. And we have to hold those two things in tension. It's not just the birth of a king, it's also the return of a king, and that's worth celebrating, a couple of weeks ago, um, Dave Nichols talked about like we should be happy people. And then last week, all, the whole message is what does it mean for us to be happy people? Because as followers of Jesus, we should be marked by happiness. If you look in the mirror, if you would say, it would people in my life 
mark me as a joy-filled person or would they mark me as a grumbler and a complainer? Would they mark me as a person who's filled with joy or would they mark me as a person who sees everything wrong? Would people say that I'm, I'm critical and judgmental? That, that's not the mark of a, a follower of Christ. The mark of a follower of Christ is somebody who experiences joy in life. And, and how do we do that? That's the question. So what connects Psalm 16 to Christmas? Okay. In the book of Acts, and I'm just going to tell the story. If you're not familiar with the story in the book of Acts, there's actually two places where both Peter and Paul, while they're proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, connect Psalm 16 to Jesus. And I'm just going to talk about one of those in Acts chapter two. And this week on Thursday and live it out, you're going to have a chance to read it for yourself. It's amazing. It's actually one of my most favorite stories in all of the Bible. Not just because it's when the Holy Spirit is poured out, but, but as the Holy Spirit is poured out, that Jesus has gone to heaven, right? He's ascended to heaven, and his followers are gathered together waiting for something they don't even know. Like, okay, he said, wait, we're waiting. And as they're waiting, the Holy Spirit is poured out on them. And as the Holy Spirit comes upon them, it says in Acts chapter 2 that they began to speak in other languages. And the languages that they began to speak in were, were the, the mother tongues, so to speak, the mother languages of all the people who were in the city. They, that these were just a bunch of ragtag people from, from Galilee. They, they were the uneducated people. And all of a sudden, they're going out and they're proclaiming in the heart language of all the people the good news of the kingdom of God. In fact, it says that they began to be like, are these people drunk? When it says, are they drinking new wine? It's, are they drunk? And then Peter's like, no, it's too early in the morning. They can't be drunk yet. It's too early for that. What are they doing? They're proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And what do they do? What does he do then? He then quotes three prophets and then goes to Psalm 16. And as he quotes in Psalm 16, that King David wrote about his life with Yahweh, we see Peter connected to Jesus. And he says, David remains in a tomb. David is still dead. But he says, David was a prophet. And David connected this psalm to Jesus. And he says that the one who hasn't seen corruption, the one who is alive, his name is Jesus. The one who you killed is the one who this song is truly about. And at the end of that, he goes on, he continues in his sermon. And at the end of that, it says that, that 3,000 people came to faith that day because they finally saw the good news of a king who had been sent, the forever king that they had been promised would be their deliverer. And they put their trust in Jesus that day. It's an amazing story. So as we look at this incredible news of, of, of Christmas, right, it isn't just that a baby was born. That's the beginning of the good news. But we can't separate the birth of the baby from the resurrection of a king to the return of a king. These things are connected. We can't separate them. Some of you are like, can't we just celebrate the birth? And the answer is no. 
The birth apart from the story isn't good news. The story is good news when it's all connected. That the birth of a king is really great news when we recognize that he is a resurrected king who is still alive and actively present in our world today through the indwelling Holy Spirit. That we can experience an interactive relationship with Jesus himself today because he's still alive. We're celebrating the fact that Jesus is actively present in our world. The active presence of Jesus is the real gift that brings joy at Christmas. The active presence of Jesus in our lives. This is where we're going to find joy. Now, as we talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God in the world is the way things are supposed to be. The kingdom of God is the only true kingdom. We can't see it, we can't touch it, can't smell it, but but it's the way the world ought to be. And often when we communicate about the kingdom of God, sometimes people will communicate and say, well, the kingdom of God is the upside down kingdom of God. But, But really, if we take a look at it, the kingdom of God is right side up. The kingdom of this world is upside down. The kingdom of this world is is out of alignment. The kingdom of this world is broken. The kingdom of God is perfect and in alignment with the will of God. It's perfect uh, in establishing what God wants to do in the world. And our role is to become citizens of that kingdom, to by placing our trust in Jesus as our king and recognizing that that we could never become part of the kingdom of God except through the entryway of Jesus alone by turning from following ourselves, turning and going in a new direction and placing our trust, our faith in Jesus alone. And when we do that, we we declare that we are no longer being ruled and reigned by ourselves, but we now submit to the rule and reign of King Jesus. And this is the good news of Christmas. This is what we're celebrating. And we have a reason to celebrate. As we talk about celebration, celebration is a key spiritual practice to live our joy-filled life with Jesus. Celebration. We don't talk a lot about celebration, but it's a key spiritual practice. It's a key to experiencing joy. The God of the Bible loves a party. He loves a party. And many of you, you may view the God of the Bible as being kind of like ogre-ish, for lack of a better way to say it. Like the God of the Old Testament is this mean God who wants to destroy people, send fire, brimstone, kill people. But the God of the New Testament, his name is Jesus. He's a little bit kinder, but that is an accurate view of what the Bible portrays. It portrays one God who's revealed as Yahweh, the Lord, in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament becomes Yahweh is salvation, Jesus, that that Yahweh puts on flesh, one God, and he's a God who loves to throw a party. And if you don't believe me, this week, just for fun, read Deuteronomy 14 and read it carefully, what it actually says there. Because God's saying, throw a party, and it's a big-time party. That, That God gave the children of Israel... We call them feasts or festivals. They're parties. Who's the guest of honor? God. 
They're supposed to celebrate what God has done in their past in order to propel their faith forward in the future. That is true for us today. As we celebrate what God has done in the past and as we look forward to Christ's return in the future, it propels our faith forward. Celebration. It's a key to experiencing joy in life. You see, celebrating Christmas is supposed to bring joy. Celebrating Christmas is supposed to bring joy. But for some of us, somewhere along the line, Christmas got ruined. There was a Grinch that stole our tree, or maybe there was another experience along the way that we're like, you know what, Christmas is hard. And so for me, I'm going to just straight up, I'm not a Christmas guy. Because uh, early in my life, um, Christmas got ruined. All right. And so uh, every year in, in my family growing up, we always had to go to the large family gathering uh, on one side of my family. And when we would go to that large family gathering, I was the youngest in that gathering. And so I got picked on rightly because I was probably super annoying. And in that, every year we'd get one gift. And so, okay, and I I can't remember exactly how old I was. I'm guessing I'm somewhere around eight years old and I get my gift and and it looks like this. And I'm thinking, ooh, what could it be? What could it be? You know, I'm a little kid. I'm thinking, okay, this could be cool, like a matchbox car, maybe maybe something like an action figure. I was way into Star Wars. Maybe like it's a Luke Skywalker action figure. What what could possibly be in my present? And so I begin to unwrap it when it's my turn. And as I do, I'm so excited. And then I take a look, and what is it? Peanuts! And I wasn't rude, but I'm like, they're not even mixed nuts. (laughs) In some remaining, they're like, were they at least honey roasted? I'm like, no, they were just plain peanuts. And as a little kid, you're going, what? And so I didn't say anything then. I was just in shock. And then I got in the car on the way home. I'm like, they gave me peanuts. Now, now I want to say, my, my folks did a great job in life um, in making Christmas very special. It was just those occasions that weren't that special that kind of ruined Christmas for me. So I, I want to give you a gift. Come on, go up here. You're so kind to play. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Don't let that ruin your Christmas, okay? Mom and dad have something better for you. <laughs> I say in faith. All right. So, so with that... Uh, my, my, I want to defend my parents here. They, they did a great job for us growing up. You know, any Christmas that got ruined, it was our fault. There was one Christmas in particular that, that my brother, my sister, and I, we would always try and guess what the presents were under the tree, but one year we were stumped, and we were stumped big time. We had no idea uh, what was un- in these big boxes, and so we're like, okay, um, I, we can't take it anymore. The suspense is killing us, and so we opened them early. And um, it was, don't do that, okay, kids? Don't do that. It's going to be disappointing, even though it was a computer. It was a computer. And at first we're like, what's a computer? No, not really. I wasn't, I'm not that old. But it was, it, it, they did a great job in helping us celebrate. But the one thing that, that was never connected in my life was what that exchange of gifts actually means. I mean, it was fun. It, 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 was a, it was a good time, 
But what's actually happening as we celebrate Christmas with people that we love, or maybe even just people that we know? Now, it's a little bit different with uh, the, the uh, white elephant gifts that you do at a Santa party. That's all about being mean to each other. But what, what I'm talking about is the actual celebration of Christmas. And when you exchange a gift with someone, what are you saying? Here's what you're saying, and you may not even know that you're saying it. You're you're celebrating the ultimate gift of new life in Christ, that the gift that Jesus alone gives, that that you're, you're representing is the generosity of God himself in exchanging this gift. You can't give a, a gift like that to actually Jesus, but but that's what you're representing to one another. You're representing the good news of Jesus. And so this Christmas. We want to encourage you, like, like we, shouldn't, um, we shouldn't be like, oh, you know what? The world doesn't know what Christmas is about, and not the real reason for this season. They, they don't know, and the answer to that is, no, they don't know. They have no idea. But that doesn't mean that they should rob our joy or our celebration. The, the fact that we should still be giving gifts in exchange to one another and celebrating and throwing a party And that just isn't for Christmas. This is a spiritual practice for every day of life. If if you want to see your life transformed in 2024, start practicing celebration. Put it into motion in your life. And Psalm 16 is a great place to start. It's a reminder that the reason that we have to celebrate is that that we have the active presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit at work in our world, in our lives, in a very personal sort of way. It's a spiritual practice. I've shared with you before the influence that a guy by the name of Dallas Willard has had through the books that he has written in my life. And he wrote one book called The Spirit of the Disciplines. When he would talk about spiritual disciplines, that sounds brutal. I, I like spiritual practices. It's things that we do to put our faith into motion. And here's the thing. If you're just sitting back and you're waiting for joy to fall on you from heaven, you're going to be waiting a really long time because that's not how it works. It comes through intentional engagement and a choice on our part that we would actively engage with God, choosing to celebrate the joy that comes through Jesus alone. And if you're like, well, I really want to experience it, then you have to decide to actively engage in celebration of what you have in Christ, no matter what life has thrown at you. Here's what Willard writes. This world is radically unsuited for the heart of the human person, and the suffering and terror of life will not be removed no matter how spiritual we become. It is because of this that a healthy faith before God cannot be built and maintained without heartfelt celebration of his greatness and goodness to us in the midst of our suffering and terror. I was a couple weeks ago, as I was reminded of this, I've talked about experiencing two emotions simultaneously before. I wouldn't have been able to describe to you how that happens, where you can be in the midst of deep grief and in the midst of an incredible emotion of gratefulness to God. And how does those two things meet? And I was like, oh, it was in celebration. 
that I experienced deep grief at the loss of somebody I loved, and at the same time, great joy in Jesus. And it doesn't make sense from a human perspective, but in celebration, the Holy Spirit wells up and we begin to find the joy that our heart looks for. And that's what God longs for us to experience. In the book Nehemiah, it says that the the joy of the Lord is our strength. In Galatians, it says that joy is a fruit of being an indwelt person of having the Holy Spirit, that the fruit of having the Holy Spirit is joy. Here's the thing. If we're going to put it into practice, right, that that we have to choose to, to engage in celebration. So I'm not talking about having a quiet time or anything like that. I'm talking about living in a way that I'm paying attention to the active presence of Jesus. You see, the celebration of Jesus brings the joy our human heart longs to experience. That's where we begin to experience the fullness of joy that we read about in Psalm 16. And so this Christmas, we want to encourage you. We have some practical steps for you that you can take to experience fullness of joy. All right. And so in the live it out this week, we have an opportunity on Monday morning to engage. And you can do this if you're by yourself, but you can also do it as a family. And we want to encourage you uh, families that you would do this together. And I want for a minute, I want to talk to dads. Okay. Dads, pay attention. Um, Dads everywhere, pay attention. And here's the deal. Wives, you're not going to be helpful if you nag or elbow. Don't do it. All right. I'm being brutal serious. Okay because you're not going to help him do the right thing by telling him to do the right thing. That's not going to work. But guys, pay attention. Here's an opportunity for you, all right? We've set you up to win. We've given you three things that you can do as your family gathers together before you open gifts and celebration. We've given you a a video from the Bible Project that that tells the birth narrative from Luke 1 and 2. It tells the story of Jesus' birth in a little bit more zoomed out way than Luke 2 itself. Then you can, but this is option, watch the video, okay? And And if you have trouble finding a video on YouTube, your kids will help you. It'll be fine. Watch the video, and then after you watch the video, you can read the story, and then you can um, engage in a worship song together. And, and you, can, you can just watch the video, Joy to the World, you can sing it together, and then there's just one simple sentence in transition that you can say, hey, as we open gifts today, let's remember that these gifts represent the life that Jesus has given us. And then throw a party. Be festive, have a great time, celebrate with one another because we among all people have a reason to celebrate. But if this weekend you find yourself in a place where you're like, I don't know Jesus and I definitely don't know him as my king, there's opportunity. And so we would love to give you an opportunity to respond to that truth. That that if you are a person who longs to experience joy but you really don't know what that looks for, you're never gonna experience it apart from submitting your life to the king. That's the only place that you're going to find the joy that your heart longs to experience. It doesn't mean life's going to be perfect or easy. In fact, your life might get harder. I'm just going to give you the brutal truth. You place your trust in Jesus, life might get harder, but you'll begin to experience the active presence of God in your life. You see, the good news of the kingdom of God isn't just you get to go to heaven someday. That's a benefit, not a reason. It's that you get to live with the active presence of Jesus in your life today.
It's a life that you'll get to live today. And if you don't know that life, we would love to give you a chance to respond. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray. I'm going to give you a chance to respond in that prayer. And then I'm going to pray for all of us as we continue in worship today. Father, we're grateful that you have led us to truth and that it's in King Jesus that we find life alone. And if, if you're ready to say, you know what, I want that life, I'll give you this simple prayer to pray with me. King Jesus, today, I trade my life for new life in your kingdom. I turn from myself and I turn to you and I place my trust in you alone, receiving the grace that only you can give. And I thank you. If you prayed that prayer today, I want to encourage you to tell somebody. And for the rest of us, as we prepare to engage in celebration, Father, we're so grateful that you've taken us from death to life. And today, we celebrate Jesus. And we celebrate the light who's come into the world, who's taken us out of darkness and shown us truth, that we would be a people who, who live forever under your rule and reign today and for all of eternity. We're so grateful in Jesus' name, amen.